We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg, yes. down Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? yo what is going on guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 238 on the blue wire network i am your host tyler join with my two guys as always mr malcolm hart here how you boys doing today on our monday night man i'm doing well tyler hope you're doing well malcolm how are you doing bro Woo! let's go man i'm doing great man you know how it is and we got ourselves a very, very special guest. We're stacking up on the guests, and, uh, and I'm very proud of it. And I'm going to give our props to Pierre, because Pierre hit our boy up, Eric Schlitt from Pride of Detroit. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Eric, so, I mean, I'm assuming everyone from Lion Twitter already knows who you are. Everyone listening probably already knows who you are. But if they don't know who you are, where could they find your work? Where, 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 could, you, where could they find you out? Yeah, my, uh, my writing is at Pride of Detroit, and... Uh, my I do my own podcast as well called the Detroit Lions Breakdown. I uh, put that out each week, and um, I will also uh, guest. Uh, you know, I don't want to say guest because it's Pride of Detroit's podcast, but I will. I am on there every off every so often too. So uh, yeah, this time of year it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy getting to go on different podcasts and talk to different people and uh, socialize and get different points of view. I appreciate you coming on, Eric, and, you know, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the draft. Um, pick two, we were talking right before our show we started. We said there's a lot of controversy at this pick right now. There's yeah. a lot of sides going. We don't know who's going to be the pick. There's a lot of fans wanting this guy, a lot of fans wanting that guy. It seems like right now the unanimous pick, and this is no lock by any means, but it seems like as of right now a lot of people are mocking Aiden Hutchinson to be the number one to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Assuming that is the pick right there for the Jacksonville Jaguars, what is your what is your favorite scenario for the Lions here? I picked you. Uh, well, my my scenario is not necessarily going to always line up with what the Lions are going to do, right? And um, that's the big mystery this year is, is what exactly are are the Lions' plans? What are they looking for? Because there's a different 
uh, different flavor milkshake for every one of these guys. Right. And so um, I like Trayvon Walker personally, out of the defensive lineman out of Georgia. I think he is a uh, very complete player. I think he has a, a lot of upside and uh, the positional versatility allows him to impact the game in a lot of ways. Uh, I know, I know uh, you know, look, if they're looking for a bender, he's not going to be that guy. Right. Uh, but I just think from a, from a balance standpoint, from a game standpoint, He's the guy that I have uh, right up there, right below Hutchinson on my board. Wow. So, Eric, I have a question. A lot of people talk about potential with him. What do you think his ceiling is? Like, what type of player? If you had to compare him to a guy in the NFL right now, or maybe like a former player, who do you see like his ceiling? Where do you see his ceiling at, potentially? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think he comes into the league and he's – at least Rashawn Gary right now. I think that's kind of like what he is, right? He can come in, he can be, he's a guy who can play a couple different roles and it might take him a couple of years before he's ready to start really unleashing it because that's really what it took with Gary, right? Um, It's, I think that's one of my expectations are right now. Now, as far as how high that can go, boy, that's that's hard to say, right? Um, There's a lot of really good, players out there that 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 fit his uh you know that that kind of uh run stuffing defensive end who can what we've seen out of i mean like at 65 270 and have his athletic markers that's pretty rare uh now he he doesn't play at that level right not yet but he can and uh like 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 with Rashawn gary who uh you know in in uh, don brown's scheme he was that anchor end where his his job was to uh, set the edge and then on his way to the the quarterback. And that's kind of what Trayvon Walker is right now. But I think he can be a lot, a lot more. I think he can do what Gary's doing, but continue to exceed past that. So my only concern is, so this kind of reminds me, remember Clemson's D-line a few years ago? Sure. Where they had Dexter Lawrence, Christian uh, Watson. Wilkins. Wilkins, I'm sorry. And then Austin Bryant obviously is with us. Yep. And I mean, most of those guys haven't really worked out. Maybe Dexter Lawrence has kind of mm-hmm. lived up to the hype. Austin Bryant and her Wilkins is kind of like up and down sort of. Mm-hmm. So my concern is when you look at the Georgia D-line, you got Devontae Wyatt, you got Jordan Davis, and then you have Trayvon Walker. Mm-hmm. How much is that playing with those guys in terms of production? And how much is that actually him? That's kind of my concern. Sure. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's valid. There there's, that's, you're going to ask that question with all of those Georgia players. Right. That's just yep. the nature of the beast. Um, for me, it the, this Georgia team is more representative of like what Alabama does in my opinion. And that's, right. that's what I'm looking at more than, than that Clemson D line, which is, which is a fair reference and it's an understandable, you know, trepidation to have, but um I look at the how many five stars and how many just elite rotational players. And like Georgia has defensive linemen on that roster that are going, that aren't draft eligible, that are going to probably be better than the guys that are in this class. And that's, that's what you get at Bama too, right? Like you get these guys at Bama that are just waiting uh, to explode. And so that would be my only counterpoint was that it, they remind me more of like Bama, right? And so you have to when you're when you're studying his tape, you know, there's going to be spots when the other guys are occupying blockers and he gets more one on ones, and then he can he take advantage of that? 
Uh, but then yeah. you look at the fact that when Jordan Davis has to leave the field, uh, Walker's the guy who took his spot on the interior, right? Like, because yeah. that's, that was an important role that they, they went from one athlete to another. And so um, for me, it's just about, I've, you know, from what I've watched and what I've seen and what I've liked, I, I think he stands out enough individually and he does his job the way that he's supposed to so frequently that that his translate, he's going to translate to the NFL quicker than, than a lot of college players will. Okay. Really quick. I just want to get your thoughts on Kayvon Thibodeau yeah. and what made, when, when was the point that Trayvon Walker passed him as far as like in your, in the overall, because sure. to be honest with you, I didn't, when I was looking at these prospects, mm-hmm. Trayvon Walker didn't really get up there until after the, the um, combine. So yeah. at first it was like Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and now it's, I'm hearing Walker might go up first of all. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing he might go one. So yeah. when did, when did that change for you? Um, Right before the playoffs, probably um, when they were looking like in the near when they, when Georgia started closing, you could start to see some of these guys transcend. Right. Um, I mean, he was dominant against Michigan. I mean, he 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 beat the tar out of Michigan. Right. And uh, he really was really standing out then. Um, the hard part is when you're watching these you know, these games live is there are so many flashy players on Georgia. It is hard to get a guy that stands out, especially one like Walker, who is a lot of times setting the edge or occupying blocks as opposed to getting to, to the tackle. But he was on my radar um, in the latter half of the season, for sure, as a guy who I thought was going to go high. Now, I don't know if I thought he was going to go this high, uh, but he continued like Hutchinson, he continued to just step up and step up and the game just kept elevating and elevating. Like, like with Hutchinson, Hutchinson was on my radar, uh, a year ago. Like he was a top 15 pick for me a year ago. And, um, I thought he would have been the first edge in last year's class, but he didn't really transcend to this number one type pick until he started putting things together and more consistency and then just elevation, elevation, elevation. And that's when you saw him kind of Hutchinson start to separate himself. It wasn't a lot of people want to say, Oh, it was the Ohio state game. You could see it, you know, billowing up throughout the season, like that Michigan state game, he was dominant in that Michigan state game. Um, And so it's always this like kind of building process Um, with Thibodeau it almost was the opposite. You saw this guy come in with these such high expectations that if he wasn't lighting the world on fire, then he was going to be looked at in a different light. And, and honestly, like Oregon started to fall off. And when Oregon started to fall off, he start his play wasn't as dominant. Of course he's, he's dealing with injuries the whole season as well. Right. Which doesn't help him. And then, um, then he skips the bowl game. And so you don't get to see him in the postseason. Like, whereas Hutchinson and Walker, these guys are going through, uh, they're going through their division championships. They're going through the playoffs, right? You're, they're in your face and you're seeing their game continue to rise. Whereas I think uh, Thibodeau, he was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And then when you start getting tape on these guys and you start really looking at the, the nuances of, of each of their games, there's different things to like about each of them. And, if the Lions are looking for a bender, well, Thibodeau, I mean, Thibodeau's one of the best benders in the game. The problem that I have with him is that he gets washed a little bit too easily. Um, 
and he doesn't hold his his anchor as as well as I'd like, right? Um, in the NFL, you really have to be able to hold your edge as a as an edge player, right? And, and he he doesn't do that as often. And so my concern with him is, can you teach him to dial back his aggressiveness when he needs to stop, set, and then anchor where on on that edge? Because that's part of the NFL game. Uh, whereas like a guy with like Walker. I think he's so athletic. You can teach him a secondary pass rush move to get him to, to, to elevate his game a little bit more. Um, so I just think it's a little easier to develop Walker because his game is a little bit more NFL ready. Whereas Thibodeau, you're asking him to go against some of his natural instincts, which is just to point, you know, beeline to the ball. And he does that. He does that really well. But there's some flaws there that will that could get exposed in uh, in the NFL. And so that's just my little concern. Now, I still think he's a top five pick. I still, I still think he could go two, right? But right. I, I just I have some mild concerns about all of these guys, and that just happens to be my mild concern with Thibodeau. Wow, that is probably the best evaluation out of these three <laughs> players I've probably ever heard <laughs> this year from um, anybody so far. So that was great, man. Thanks. Thanks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So, Eric, did you think the hype of Kayvon Thibodeau, you mentioned it. We were talking about Kayvon Thibodeau in last year's draft, in the 2021 draft. Yeah. Like, this guy's the unanimous mm-hmm. number one pick. And, you know, I, I think he even maybe didn't get the comparisons like Miles Garrett, Chase Young. But he got very high love from the media and just the fans yeah. in general. 
Yeah. Do you think that hype of Kayvon Thibodeau going to the season and maybe him not delivering on that hype, do you think that's what maybe killed his stock a little bit to the fan base and maybe the media a little bit? I, I'm sure it hurt a little bit, certainly. Yeah. I, um, I, when you when you have expectations for these players to to hit certain markers and, and when they don't, then yeah, they're going to, that's going to, you know, resonate negatively, uh, especially amongst the media. Because look, the media, we're playing catch up, right? Trying to figure out what teams are doing. Whereas teams go into January and they've got all 300, 400 players on their draft board, like kind of in a general stacked order where that they've done homework and scouted and they've done all these things that they're just trying to add, add to it. Whereas the media, we're like, okay, I have to figure out who this player is that everyone saw. And, and it's just, we play catch up. And so there tends to be these very um, drastic overcorrections by the media. And, and that's why you see these big sways in draft boards and stuff like that is because guys are like, holy cow, I didn't know this guy. This guy wasn't in my top 100. And now he's uh, an, an uh, automatic first rounder because I just, he wasn't, I wasn't aware of him at the time. Right. So you see these big sways. And I, and I think with, with Thibodeau, he's, he is getting dinged because the production's not there. And then when you add in all this like extracurricular stuff and like, he's really getting hung out to dry um, on effort and, in, in effort on the field, effort off the field. Like, and, and like, I think the off the field stuff is, is overblown. I think the on the field stuff, there's some merit to that because there's times when he does get uh, complacent. Right. And, and that's correctable and that's not overly a big deal, but people are nitpicking right now. And, and all of these prospects have flaws and it just seems like when this is a guy who is supposed to be that number one, he's getting, Oh, he's getting very uh, just a ton of nitpicks on his game. My only thing with that is like I believe he was dealing with nasal injury like for most of the year. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, I least. feel like yeah. that kind of like affects your game as well, right? Certainly, certainly. So personally, I take Thibodeau over Walker, but I'm not against taking Walker. Like you said, he's probably a top five guy on my board as well. Yeah, it really just depends on what your preference is. Right. So, so, so Eric, I know I limited Aiden Hutchinson in this scenario because I just assumed he was going to go number one. But let's say you have dibs at all three of them. Let's just say hypothetically you have dibs at all three of those guys. What would your order of those three guys go? In order? How would you, you know, It'd be Hutchinson. Order? Hutchinson would Hutchinson be one with a bullet. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. They Hutchinson has the attitude. Uh, he He's more complete. Uh, there's not a lot that you would have to do to his game. There are, of course, tw- uh, little tweaks and stuff like that that you're going to have to do to get him uh, where he can be more um, – impactful i guess early but for hutchinson i i think he does he he doesn't have the bend but he can bend right and uh he can but he can also set the edge and like there's just so many facets of his game and then the mentality it all ties in to to i think what they're looking for and then again personally i have walker and then thibodeau and then um i have jermaine johnson as as my four and um but again, it could be totally different if they're looking for that bender. They could easily have Thibodeau over Walker. I don't think they would have Thibodeau over Hutchinson, though. I think Hutchinson brings too many other elements to his game where I think he would be the pick if he's there. Who's your favorite player that won't go in the first round? Oh, good one. Um, 
Well, that's a, the hard part about a question like that is that you have to think, you know, is that guy going to slide? Right. Cause a lot of times we're like, Oh, I like, I think this guy's going to be a first rounder. And then all of a sudden he slides. And then that would have been my choice. Right. right. Um, uh, but let's see, let me see if I can go. Well, I'll tell you what is, do you think both, do you think both Georgia tackles are going in the first round? I do. Yeah. But I would think, I would think um, one, if one of those guys slid. I, I um, think if Wyatt went to 32, I think Holmes would run and make that pick. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, I I think he would definitely, uh, he would definitely be there. I think Dax Hill is a guy who's kind of on that fringe, but I think he goes in the first. I like him quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I think this guy probably wasn't a first rounder to begin with, but now that he's injured, I think he's really going to drop. Uh, I really like Damone Clark, the, the linebacker out of LSU. He is a guy who came into the season with not a lot of hype, and he was just able to stack games. Right. And uh, he, he's a highly intelligent person, uh, b- both on the field, off the field. And he um, he almost – as, and you see this with a lot of highly intelligent people, players, is that they tend to overthink sometimes. And they, they think, you know, they're trying to analyze too many things that are going on um, around them. And they end up, it causes them to be like a tick late to the ball or a tick late to the play. And I think Clark had that problem his first couple of years at LSU. The talent was there. The athleticism was there. But he just, it, he was always a tick late. Uh, but that clicked. It clicked this year. And you could see he wasn't thinking as much. He was being more instinctual. Uh, and he's a guy that I thought was going to be in play at 34 for the Lions. And uh, now he's going to have back surgery. Uh, prognosis is that he's supposed to be able to recover from it. I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see how it goes. The doctors will, will have to weigh in on that. But he was a player that I thought had just a boatload of potential and um, he's probably going on day three now, which is a, uh, which is a shame. So, would you take a chance on him with like what is it, a fifth round pick, a late five, I think, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I I would. But again, you know, if the doctors come back and they say, "Boy, this is not an injury that the linebackers are going to be able to recover from," then yeah, I mean, then you're not going to waste the pick on him. But if he's going to have a full recovery and he's a guy that I liked at 34, then I absolutely would be uh, comfortable taking him uh, on day three. Yeah. He's a guy I've always liked around that 66 range. So I think it would be a massive steal if you could get him retro a year and then come back the following year, maybe potentially start with Derek Barnes. Um, yeah. So my question is, okay, I know you probably won't want to answer this, but I want to hear your opinion. So say at 32, mm-hmm. the Lions are thinking quarterback and these three QBs are on the board. It's Ritter. Howell and Coral, right? Mm-hmm. Which one do you think would fit best, and which one would you personally take? Let's just say, like hypothetical, they're going to take one out of those three. Yeah, which one would you take? I think they'd take Ritter. Um, okay, I think Ritter offers them some more uh, versatility. I think he has uh, some aggressiveness. Uh, he has the, he has uh, he's comfortable taking vertical shots. Um, for me, I think his ability to be mobile and the, and the confidence to, to chuck that ball all over the place would be appealing to them. Um, He's not NFL ready in my opinion right now. He's still, there's accuracy issues that he has to clean up, 
but I think Ritter fits what they uh, what they're looking for. I always thought it was Howell because you know uh, Dorsey drafted sure. Baker and yeah. he has that strong. He looks arm just like and... him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like a similar playing style. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, and they had him at the Senior Bowl, and that's going to help. And then you talk about the fact that. Um, that the OC went to North Carolina as a quarterback as well. Right. And so like, it's a lot of connections. Right. Uh, I am, I, I think how, yeah. How is my fifth? I have QB okay. five on how it's, I, <laughs> there's too many, too many gambler traits in him right. that don't often work out. And for me uh, with Howell, when he lost all that NFL talent, I was hoping he would be able to take the subpar, like the not yet NFL talent ready players and be able to elevate them. And he really wasn't uh, to his yeah. credit. He adapted his game to be more of a running quarterback and he was a lot more successful doing that. And that's how you win college games. But I would have, as a NFL evaluator, I would have liked to have seen him be able to elevate those around him more than what he did. That's fair. Yeah. So I thought um, like Josh Downs could potentially have a bigger year, but we just didn't see it that much out of him. So I agree. Yeah, they're they're developing it in North Carolina. It's not you know they're not like an SEC team where they can just reload. Like they, it's going right. to take them a couple of years. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, so going back to just the second overall pick, if you had to make a top five big board just for the top five players for sure. that that number two overall pick, mm-hmm. how would it go? I think it would be. Uh, Hutchinson and then Walker and then Thibodeau. And then I think we put Kyle Hamilton in the mix there. I think Hamilton's going to be four. Uh, and then might come back to Jermaine Johnson, the other edge, uh, the edge rusher out of Florida State. I think he would probably be my five, although I would be, I know this isn't going to be popular, but. I do think Sauce Gardner is probably in the top five defensive players. Um, so maybe, you know, I'm going to put Sauce in there at, at five okay. in, instead of Johnson. Right. So, um, Eric, you're missing who's somebody. Who, who, who's that? Listen, one more time, who, really quick. Who was the five? <laughs> I, 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 I think we're missing somebody, but I don't want to make sure. I, I am, I, I'm missing. I'm missing Willis, right? That's what you're getting. You are at. missing. Yeah, Willis. I mean, yeah. this, this is this is juicy stuff right here because Willis. There's a lot of people who want Willis, and yeah, absolutely, it seems like is. it seems like you're out of Willis. You don't want him. I don't want him either. Just to make that clear. But uh, yeah. <laughs> just want to hear your thoughts on that, man. I, I I like Willis as a person and as a potential prospect. I don't like him at two. Um. I don't think he's – here's the deal. He might not be ready next year. Like, he might be two years away from, from being NFL ready. And you're banking on him developing a lot of skills in in order to be NFL ready. And, and it's not just one or two. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a couple, right? Yeah. Um, he has incredible leadership. Players are drawn to him. He has great athleticism. He, he his mentality is on point. He, he has a good quarterback's mind where he doesn't blame others. He takes responsibility. He understands, but he's still processing the thing. Things are still moving f- fast for him, yeah. right? Even at the college level, they were moving fast for him. Well, they're going to move at lightning speed for him in the NFL, and, and that's right. going to take time to acclimate. Um, 
there's accuracy issues. He has to um, – he holds the ball a little bit too long, right? He needs to be a little bit quicker with that ball. Um, he's not a guy – even though he's athletic, he's not a guy that's always going to bail. He tries to hold that pocket, which I like, but uh, he – he just, he holds onto that ball too long. He needs to be able to get that ball out quicker. Like he almost is like golf in that he has to see it to throw it. Right. Um, and, and, and you would like your NFL quarterback to be able to throw it before it comes open. You know what I mean? And, and that's really, I think what separates the top quarterbacks in the league from the, from the other quarterbacks in the league. You know I agree. I mean? Like, and so there you're, you're banking on these things all clicking and uh, if they do, he could be a great quarterback in the NFL. Uh, if they don't, your GM is looking for a job. That, yeah, Absolutely. it's a big risk. Um, it's a risk I'd be willing to take. Like, if they, he's not my number one choice, but if they took it, like, I see the vision behind oh, it. Like, yeah, I would absolutely. I would absolutely understand. But you are, you only get so many shots at a quarterback, and if you, if you're unloading your number two pick to get that guy. They better be a lot more confident in him than than I am right now, and they obviously know. Like, because look, you talk to him, a character. I mean, like the character is just through the roof with this right. guy. Like, I, yeah. I I think he's an incredible person, uh, and I think he can be a great leader. But the football part has got to click a little bit more. Absolutely, I, I was gonna say like when I was watching this film, I like anticipation throws. I haven't seen any of that, yeah. and that's that's the stuff that. Gotta yeah. get like you see Kenny Pickett, and now people are not high Kenny Pickett, but you see him anticipate his throws, like he throws yeah. before the guys are breaking their routes. Yeah, you don't see that with Malik Willis, so that's that's one of the stuff he got to clean up. Yeah, he can uncork that ball, and, and I mean, like he he's got an arm to to put it ever anywhere he wants. Uh, but he doesn't he doesn't always let it loose when he needs to, and uh, I mean his interceptions came in bunches. You know what I mean, right? Yes. And, uh, and, and he looked rattled by defenses that shouldn't have rattled him. You know what I mean? And granted his offensive line was just a sieve, right? It was terrible. I mean, I mean, they were just terrible, but, um, and he never blamed them to his credit. I mean, my goodness, if I was a quarterback getting ripped like that all the time, I would be <laughs> like, Hey, you know, but, um, yeah. it's great, you know, great leadership from him, but, um, yeah, you can see routes open, and he's still, like, progressing. Now, maybe that scheme, and maybe, like, Hugh Freeze is telling him he's got to go through this, like, you know, route tree or whatever, but, like, he's – sometimes you see it come open, and he just doesn't. And and when he does, the, the defensive back is recovered, and then it's a problem. So, so, Eric, I know you're obviously not on a big boat of taking a quarterback, obviously not putting him yeah. in the top five. But if you were to give a QB one status in this draft, would it be Malik Willis? Yeah, because of upside, right? I think his upside is through the roof, you know, if it clicks, right? Yeah. That's, that's the trick. If you want a guy who can come in and start for you now, then Kenny Pickett is, pro- is, your, is your quarterback. If you want a quarterback that could be, be a potential top 10 quarterback in the league well then you want willis right yeah. and then um it's just it's just a matter of what you're willing to gamble on or what you're looking for yeah and that yeah, obviously my, lines it, the lines right now obviously don't need a quarterback that to play it right away like a kenny pickett so they could if they were to go the route of a quarterback you go the route of a project because you have jared goff as a stopgap right now yeah like so i i just i 
put my big board out today um, or my updated big board for my, that I do for my Patreon uh, subscribers for the, uh, for the podcast. And I had Willis Pickett and then Ritter and I really toyed back and forth. Now I'm going to put my final one out in two weeks, but I'm really toying between putting Ritter ahead of Pickett for the Lions. For the Lions, because, yeah, that would make yes, sense. Yes, for the Lions, because I'm trying. I make a line. It's for, specific for the Lions board, and so um, I, I'm really toying between that because I think Ritter is he's a guy that I think fits like you know fits better with them, and uh, the upside's there, and um, you know the age is there. There's a lot of things positive for him that that you don't get with uh, with uh, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let's have some fun here. So Jordan Reed from ESPN dropped a full seven-round mock draft. So we're going to read off every single Lions pick, and you're going to give me your thoughts on each pick. We'll go pick by pick, and we'll just hear your thoughts. I actually haven't seen this yet. So I saw that I saw that he put it out, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I'm glad you haven't seen that because I I don't I was hoping you didn't see it, so I'm actually very glad you didn't see it. So let's start off with pick number two for the Lions. This has no trades in it, so just it's gonna be Malik Willis, isn't it? It is Malik Willis. (laughs) (laughs) You already know that's the guy. That's the guy. Yeah, Jordan likes him. Um again, I it's not my pick, it's not my choice. Uh, I would understand the logic behind it, but um yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I, I would be happy for the player, and I would root for him. Uh, but it wouldn't be the the choice that I'd be, you know, jumping on the couch for. Absolutely, yeah. And right. you already explained that, so I don't think you have to go too in depth into that. All right, let's go to pick thirty two for the Lions. He has linebacker Nicobe Dean from Georgia. What's your thoughts on Nicobe Dean? Yeah, lock it up, lock it up. I like that pick <laughs> quite a bit. Um, there is this kind of misconception I think out there right now that the Lions are looking for bigger linebackers or not line no linebackers at all uh if you look at the guys that they've added if you look at the players that they've that they've uh you know at the position that they brought back in uh they're fast and they're not the biggest guys in the world like that size is not as important as speed and um they want players that can that can uh hit gaps and and get to the ball and fly around in coverage and and, and uh yeah, he does all that right so um right. you know he look he's he's a little smaller but he's not if they brought him in he wouldn't he wouldn't be the smallest linebacker on the roster even right now there's a couple of guys smaller than him already there right. um but like and so he, he gets this knock that he he can't get off blocks but look there's not a lot of line. There's not a lot of linebackers getting off blocks. You know what I mean? Like at when when an old lineman gets them, there's only a couple. Like Leo Chanel is one of those guys that can do it. There's a lot of other guys that can't that are at the top of this class. Uh, but the thing with Dean is that a lot of the times he doesn't have to get off blocks because he gets to the spot first because he's so fast. And if he can get to that spot first, then the, the offensive lineman is just taking chip shots on his side instead of getting him fully engaged. And he doesn't have to beat a block because he just gets there and he can get to that hole and he can get through. And that you saw that a lot at Georgia. Um, I I would be excited about that. Pick. Yeah, He reminds me a little of Deion Jones, the size, the speed kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vilma, I think, was my uh, comp for him, and uh, oh, somebody else said Dion Bush. I liked, uh, I like that. Or uh, sorry, Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Devin Bush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like Devin. Was a. Uh, I think he's, you know, I think Devin's a bit underrated. He hasn't performed as well, but I, I he's talented. Yeah, he I had that injury. That. He had that torn ACL that kind of set him back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
All right, going on to pick 34, uh, senior bull guy, wide receiver Christian Watson. What's your thoughts on Christian Watson here, 34? Uh, you know, there's just a boatload of potential with him, right? Um, he's not as polished, which is why I think he probably won't go at pick 34. But I, th- when you look at the athleticism, the markers, the fact that he can be an X all of those things are going to appeal to teams at the top of the second round. So it's very, I could absolutely see a team, especially like the lions taking a guy like him uh, who could come in as wide receiver four, uh, maybe take over a starting role halfway through the season type of thing. Um, so I, I would be okay with it. I do think it's a bit early, but there are only like, when you look at the athletic markers, like um, height, weight, hand size, arm length, and then all the drills the from the 10 all the way through like the, the short uh, shuttle. Yeah. There are only two guys in the whole draft that can say that they were above average in every single category. Uh, those two guys are uh, Christian Watson. And you want to guess the other one? Is it um, Garrett Is it, Wilson? No, it's Trayvon Walker. Trail. All right. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about receivers. My bad. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Which is why I like one another feather. Why I like Walker so much because he checks off every box athletically. But yeah, but Christian, I mean, that's he does. He there's so much uh, hype for him there. I'd understand it um, a little early, but yeah. Okay. Going on to pick sixty six, edge rusher Cameron Thomas here. First edge rusher take from the lines. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, look, he. He's basically like junior varsity version of, of Walker, right? He's a guy who was originally a defensive tackle who they, who dominated at the, at a smaller school uh, at the defensive tackle spot. They kicked him out to the edge uh, and then he just dominated on the edge. Right. And that's what you want from a guy uh, that plays at a little bit lower level of competition. You want him to dominate at every one of his spots. Now he's only like 200 and what 70 was his weight. 267. So he, he might not, he's probably not kicking inside in the NFL uh, on a consistent basis. It's possible he can, uh, he's, he's still got, you know, pretty good length and he's uh, six, four, but, um, he's, he's got that versatility to kind of move up and down. He's a good edge setter. And so if you're not taking an edge in those first three picks and you take Walker or, or Thomas there, uh, you know, I'd be okay with it because, again, I think this style of edge rusher uh, can make sense in this uh, defense. Okay, great values version of uh, Trayvon Walker. I like it. All right, going on to pick 97, wide receiver David Bell from Purdue. What's your thoughts on David Bell here? I'm not as high on Bell as others are. Um, and I also am not a huge fan of double dipping at wide receiver with those first five picks. Um, I think Bell can get – uh, chewed up by press a little bit too much. And I think that in the NFL, if the, if the teams recognize that they can just jam them and then they take them away, uh, that they will. Um, can he turn into uh, like a, um, like a, a, a consistent starter in the NFL? I think he can, but I think his flaws are exposable right now to NFL corners. I think NFL corners are going to just chew him up early plus he's going to be what wide receiver five 
I don't think, I mean, if he was draft, I, I wouldn't take a, a wide receiver five with one of those top with the top 100 pick. It just doesn't seem like a, a good use of uh, draft resources to me. That definitely makes yeah. sense after especially signing Chark and then they resigned uh, Josh Reynolds, brought Josh Cleveland Reynolds. back. So that yeah, definitely makes sense. All right. Um, the lines obviously don't own a fourth round pick that obviously could change on draft day, but let's take the mock with no trades. Let's go on to the fifth round at pick 177. He has safety JoJo uh, Doman. So that's he's your safety linebacker hybrid uh, out of Nebraska, and he's actually such a good cover player. I think PFF lists him as a cornerback in their uh, in their uh, draft board, right? So he is just over six one, just under two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, he's actually not as fast as you would think, uh, but he plays way faster. Like there are guys out there that just don't run exceptionally in a straight line. Like it's just the way, the way it is. Right. right. Um, like I ran track in high school and I could never get out of the blocks. And so to the point that my coach was like, okay, you're just going to run relays because you get a head start because you, you just can't get out. And some guys can't, they just, they just don't, it never works for them to, to be able to get out of the box, like out of the gate like that. And so they run slower times and that's fine. I mean, look at, look at Kyle Hamilton. Like when he's, if you watch the head on view of his 40, he's drifting and stuff like, right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you drift, that slows you down. And so, right. It, it's to me, it's about how he plays and he's plays faster than he runs. And so this is a guy you can uh, match up as immediately day one. He is a uh, dime linebacker or, or a hang uh, safety, whatever you want to call him. Uh, but he's a guy who can, can take over a slot position. He can match up against tight ends. He can match up against running backs. He can even match up against your quicker slot receivers too. Uh, he's got a lot of range. I would actually, uh, for me, I have him as a uh, – I think he's a top 100 player on my board. So to get him at 177, massive value for me. Awesome. Yeah. I did, I honestly was not too familiar with him, so that's, that's interesting. All right, um, going on to the sixth round, pick 181. He has cornerback Josh Thompson here. So what's your, I don't know how much you know about Josh Thompson. We're getting a little later in the draft. So if you don't know these guys, <laughs> it's completely fine. Um, Josh Thompson out of Houston. Where's he out of? I believe so. Yeah. Let me see. I don't even see him on my board. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, no. What? What? What college? I'm looking uh, it up. I believe it's Houston. I believe. Yeah. Oh no, yep. Texas. 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 Yeah, Texas. Yeah. yeah, he played it there. He was on their senior ball. Um, he's a track athlete. He was. Uh, I remember I did the senior uh, write up on him for the senior ball. Um. Yeah, track athlete. He was more of like a safety hybrid. I think that's early for me. I don't really, I didn't really have him as a draftable player uh, going into the Senior Bowl. Um, if he does, I, I would. Uh, he would be a little bit later on my board. He's not. He's not very big. He's just over five ten. Uh, not even two hundred pounds. Um, you're banking on potential, and his future might be at safety. So um, you're looking at a guy. I mean, look again. I don't hate that concept of taking a a hybrid player like that um i just i'm not as much in love with with with, uh, josh thompson himself he's pretty far down my board and like i said i i didn't even remember his college so that's how much he he didn't really stand out to me okay 
All right, uh, final two picks here. We have linebacker DeMarco Jackson from App State. Uh, what's your thoughts on him, if you know anything about him? Yeah, they actually did homework on him uh, during the year. Um, I thought he did pretty well, and uh, it kind of reminds me of Dakota Allen a little bit. Uh, he's a guy who is – he ran, in, like, in the four fives. Uh, again, another guy who was with them at the Senior Bowl. I think he could compete to be, uh, like, a – a buck linebacker of the future, like that kind of sub uh, line, the, 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 not the mic, but the guy next to the mic, right? And if your right. plan is to, uh, you know, put uh, Derek Barnes as your future mic, then yeah, a guy, a guy like uh, Jackson, he can make some sense. Um, I do think the you said this is six round. Yeah, this is their yeah. second to last pick. Yep. Yeah, so this is this is uh this is the right that's about the right spot for him too. I think he has uh he has future where he could be better uh than his draft slot. Uh but he, you know it's it's gonna take him a little bit of time. But I, I do like I do like him. If you watched him at the combine, he was one of the guys that stood out for me. I think he looked very fluid uh in his movements, and he's a guy that I do think um is would be a, a excellent value at that spot. Okay. And going on to the final pick at 234 in the seventh round, cornerback Chase Lucas from, I believe it was Arizona State. Yes. Yeah, Arizona State. I, um, so another double dipping at corner here, too, huh? Um, I think Chase Lucas is a just he's he's more of a he's more of a nickel um, or potential nickel, I guess. Like he's got decent speed, he's got good agility, good jumps. He's actually higher on my board than uh, than the Texas kid is. <laughs> Um, so, you know, if you would have flipped them, maybe I would have been a little bit more, you know, easy uh, on my, uh, on my analysis there. Uh, but again, this is a guy who I, I, I view as a late rounder. So I, I'd be okay with that late rounder. He was a, he was a played to the East West Shrine game. Um, Arizona had, you know, look, when you have Herm Edwards as your coach, right you're going to teach NFL talent. Right. Right. And so um, I don't, I, I like, I, I don't mind that at all, especially if you're taking a shot. Now, again, if you take off the Texas kid, I like this pick a lot more. Uh, Cause again, I don't like double dipping uh, at a corner necessarily when they have what they have. So um, yeah. not bad. Uh, eliminate a couple of those picks and uh, switch them out. I, I think it'd be okay with that. My thing is just like the safety spot. Mm-hmm. Waited a little too long because I think safety is probably one of their biggest need, arguably number one need on the team. Probably well, <laughs> waiting. I tell you what, the way that I like to look at the draft, um, the way that I like to look at the draft is you have to look beyond the needs this year, right? And when you look at their 2023 roster, uh, they only have two safeties on their roster, Tracy Walker and Brady Breeze, who was the rookie they added late in the year last year. Same thing at linebacker, Derek Barnes, end of list, right? So yeah. like safety and linebacker are two spots that are screaming the lines will you should use a high pick on a player here to give them uh, a player that's going to be under contract for them long-term. So, um, you know, look, I, I think edge is where the value is at the top. And then I think you got to look linebacker. You got to look safety and there's value at safety in the third round. There's guys that they can get in the second. There's guys they can get in the third. Uh, Once you get past the third though, you're starting to take guys that are going to be challenging CJ Moore for a role instead of, uh, you know, 
trying to compete for a you know a, a larger spot. Okay, so if you're to, I hate draft grades, but I'm gonna ask. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm terrible. Uh, okay, I, you know what? I'm let, terrible at grades. I hate draft grades. You hate draft grades. We all hate draft grades. Cancel Perfect. draft grades. We don't give it. Give me an A because I like them. I, I like <laughs> I, you know, I like the analysts. So give me give me an A for him. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Reed's awesome. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. He's been on here a couple times. times. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we had him That's on a couple fantastic. times. Yeah. I like Jordan quite a bit. He's great. All right. Well, Eric, I got one final question for you, and then we'll okay. wrap it up here. The final question. What is your hottest take in this whole 2022 draft? It could be a guy that you really love that's not getting the hype or a guy you think is getting way too much hype and it just it should not be in the spot that he's projected. I, I You know – I think the one I, the, 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 my pick at the top is the one I've got the most heat for, right? Like I saying that I like Walker over Thibodeau has given me so much flack. It's definitely hot. I'm, 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 I'm actually more stunned by it, but like, uh, it's fine. Like I'm okay with my analysis. I mean, I, it seems weird to say that that's my hottest take. Cause it's, you're talking about a couple of elite players, right? But, um, geez. I don't know if I have another one other than that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm low on Bell. That's that's one people usually yell at me about yeah. um, <laughs> the David Bell, uh, you know, Purdue kid, because people, you know, they like uh, they like him. I just I don't like his game. Um, geez, yeah, I'd have to say the one that I catch the most flack for is is definitely my my criticism of Thibodeau. Um, I just I have caught. So many people just telling me like I don't know what I'm doing. It's 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 I'm really surprised at how aggressive people were. And you know we were talking about this earlier. Like, uh, and for whatever reason this year, there's so many different options, and people have kind of latched onto one guy that they like. And anyone that doesn't like that guy, they're going to yell at. And that's kind of like how things are right now, right? right. Uh, so if I say something bad about Willis, I got a lot of people yelling at me about that. If I Ryan say something Matthews. about t- <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, like, I like, what's crazy is that um you know even last year we all kind of looked at that draft and said boy it's either going to be jamar chase or Panay Sewell," and we all kind of like agreed with it this yeah. year ryan likes uh willis i like walker jeremy likes uh thibodeau like there's there's not a lot of consensus even amongst our staff and you know we're all supporters of one another but I think that's right. just how this draft goes. And you're going to, um, no matter who the pick is, you're going to have a whole bunch of people screaming that it was the dumbest move they've ever made. And like, you know, eh, but it's, I guess the nature of how it is this year. Oh, I get a lot of slack for saying like Kyle Hamilton at two, like I'd rather take a safety later in 32, 34 versus that two, just the value for me. It just isn't there. Sure. Like, we, we say this, like, would you rather have, like, the 10th best edge rusher in the NFL or the best safety in the NFL, like, player-wise? And we always say, like, the 10th best edge rusher over the best safety. You, you pay more – you pay the players more to get that are around the ball more because those players impact the game more. Like, right. and, and I haven't really talked much about Hamilton, but, like, when you watch Hamilton's tape, you see him just – 
you know, existing as a safety, which just things that safeties do. And you're like, he's not really making a lot of plays. And then all of a sudden he flashes and he does something like incredible. And you're like, holy cow, I understand why this guy's in the conversation. And then he stacks a couple more and you're like, oh my, okay. He put like six or eight huge plays in there. And that's why he's being talked about. But the other like 50 snaps, like he's he's just not as impactful. And that's not him. That's the position. Right. And, and so can you use him and can he be like one of the better safeties in the NFL? Absolutely. But like he's never going to be as impactful as, as what you can get out of an edge rusher. And that's just the game. That's just how football is played. Yeah. And um, I mean, I like him a ton, uh, but from a value perspective, there's guys at 32 that I think are going to be a little tick down in play, whereas the tick down at the edge is, is a lot more significant. Even though this is considered a deep edge class, I still think there's a big drop off from the top guys to, to the guys that are even available at 32. I think I he's being, that. you know, this was very unfortunate, but I think he's being overhyped. And, and as far as overhyped, I'm, I'm talking about like the, the player comp as far as like who we're comparing them to. Like I'm hearing Sean Taylor. I'm hearing, yeah. I'm hearing Ed Reed. Like, oh, we yeah. got another Ed Reed. He's yeah. not Ed Reed. People we got another Sean Taylor. Too. He, he's not Sean Taylor. Yeah. I like, you, you want him to be Derwin James is what you want, right? That's like, what you're I hoping, too, yeah. You're hoping for that. Like, that would be an awesome pick. Yeah. Right. But, it, but when you're at two, you can't just take awesome. You have to take elite. And, and, and that's that. why you got to gamble on one of the other guys, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and, and Eric, I think you bring up a great point too. That I even think about it, like I think last year when they drafted Penny Sewell, you, you bring it up like Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase. I think a lot of the fan base is going to be excited, but like this year, like I wouldn't be shocked. Whoever it is, you're going to get the fans that are very excited about the pick, and then you're going to get the yeah. other side. The fans that are like, "What are we doing here? Oh my goodness, this is Brad Holmes is a failure. What are we doing?" I think I think we're going to see a lot of that on draft day. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Oh yeah, we will. We will just get yourself ready for that. We will. Like, like it doesn't matter who it is. If it's Malik Willis, if it's Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau, Walker. Like, I think the only guy every fan would be content with is like Aiden Hutchinson. I feel like that's the only one. I feel like there's a lot of board. there's a lot of people that don't like him too because too. they don't they don't think he's got um, a secondary pass rush move, which was the the knock on him in 2020 not yeah. necessarily knock on him in 2021, uh, right. but people get stuck in there. One of the hardest things for fans to do, and even analysts, I mean, everybody, I mean, it's one of the hardest things for anybody to, to do is to evolve their original concept of a player. And when you have this idea of this is what the player is, even when he develops and, he, and it's a couple years later, you still have this idea of this is what I saw and this is what he's going to be. And you can't, and you people don't always readjust their perception of people. And it it makes it really hard. Uh, That's one of the biggest hangups as, as an analyst or or a fan is that you have to be able to say, what has he done differently? How has he evolved and what's more, but people get so locked in on, I saw this and that's it. And that's the way it is. Like, it's not, it's not that fluid. People change, man. I mean, like this is, this is a, people business. And, uh, you know, we like stats and we like X's nose and measurables and, you know, RAS scores and PFF scores. We love all that stuff, right. but it's a people business. And, uh, you can't ignore the fact that people are going to evolve. 100%. I, I said that countless times. 
Yeah. And I'm not even trying to butter you up, Eric, but you do a great job of like, you don't stick to one opinion too. Like you're always evolving to see what's happening and you're going to always see what's going to be on the field. You're not going to stick to one opinion. And that's why I really respect about you. So I, I do yeah. really respect that about you for sure, Eric. Yeah. Appreciate that. Well, Eric, this was awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. This was amazing. So um, maybe we'll do on after the draft. We'll get your thoughts on everything the Lions did. And that being said, that's all I got. Hope you guys all enjoyed the episode. And I'm signing out, guys. Peace. All right, guys. I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy, Malcolm. And before I sign off, I just want to give a big, 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 big thank you to Eric Slip. Um, He doesn't know this, but he's been a big inspiration to all of us. Um, as far as the podcasting game, we got into this game in 2018. And in 2018, there was only like really three big Lions podcasts. You had the Party Detroit, and you had the Lions Breakdown, and then I believe it was a Detroit Lions podcast. But he's been a big inspiration to us. And um, just for what he's doing, uh, it's a big thank you to what he's doing. And we, we're just we're just, we're just, just glad to have him on, man. We just, it's, 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 it's actually an honor. <laughs> it's a wow. big honor. I'm super happy, man. That's very, it's very thoughtful. I appreciate it. Um, I, I'm happy that you, uh, that you guys reached out and we were able to get this done. Thank you so much, Eric. Thank you, Eric. And we're out, man.